Ontario's NDP MPP, Joel Harden. He's a, an Ottawa MPP in some hot water. And I, I would make the case rightly so for some comments about Israel and comments about his Jewish neighbors uh, that he made. We'll play you a little bit of that, but from the uh, Abraham Global Peace Initiative, Neil Orlowski weighs in. And we talk about Harden's comments, talk about some of the parameters of his apology, and distinguish between being and saying anti-Semitic things and having a fair and valid, if not totally correct, criticism of a country's foreign policy. Can you criticize Israel's foreign policy like you could any other country? Can you criticize Iran, Iraq, without necessarily being labeled uh, as being against people of that origin, people who frame the rules in that country? Can you do both things at the same time? Or has that has that line moved a little bit? It's worth getting into, and we do that next with Neil Orlowski. It's great to have you back. What was your initial reaction to finding out about this Joel Harden video? And what was your reaction when you watched it, Neil? Well, first off, good morning. Thank you for having me back. Um, I want to say that I was shocked, but I really wasn't just given the the state of where um, politics is going, the normalization of of just hate in general, let alone anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism and so on. Um, I was shocked just the fact that he was so explicit and overt in his um, comments and his labeling of, of Israel and then what he admitted to um, allegedly do to his Jewish constituents. But sadly, I've come to accept this as part of the Canadian landscape, part of the North American political landscape. And, um, you know, as we hear apology after apology asking, you know, for greater education, my question is why greater education around anti-Semitism and hate is not even part of our job mandate in politics. But we, you know, it's there's two things there. One, um, we are talking about it now. Uh, you and you and I are talking about it now. Yeah. And I think anyone can get flack at times for um, a critique of of some of Israel's foreign policy. We could talk about mm-hmm. expansionist settlement issues the idea neil that leaped off the page to me that you'd pin it on on your jewish neighbors in in your subdivision was was lunacy to me like that's a wild concept and he seemed proud of it absolutely um you know he he starts off about the you know for those of you who haven't seen the video it's about a 30 minute video it's uh trending on on YouTube right now. At about the seven-minute mark, he talks about wearing a Palestinian human rights button as he door knocks and speaks to constituents. And I just want to be very clear. The situation in the Middle East, at least the way I observe it, is not between Israel and the Palestinian people. It's between Israel and um, Canadian-recognized terrorist entities like the Palestinian Islamic Jihad or Hamas or, or so on. And you know, I don't think anybody would disagree about the need for Palestinian human rights the same way we can't disagree about having human rights for anybody, but knowing that you're going to constituents, some of which might be part of the Jewish community, wearing a button that is contentious, that might be um, an instigator or antagonistic. My question is, under what's the motive there? What is he hoping? And then later he talks about asking his Jewish constituents their thoughts on Israel. Even in the video, he draws and, and constantly goes back and forth between saying Israel Jewish, Israel Jewish, creating confusion as to who is it he's talking about, and even drawing false equivalencies between the state of Israel and the Jewish diaspora. 
And it's a tricky it's a tricky game because I never feel like people a people certainly shouldn't be persecuted for their religion or their religious beliefs as long as they're not infringing them or impacting people in their in their neighborhood with them. I'll give you an example. We're watching the World Cup right now. Let's say I have a neighbor of Qatari heritage. Well, I can't you know look at him when I go to the super mailbox and go. It's your fault that this is happening. I can't do right, that to right. him. That's not that's beyond a there's a there's a level of dignity that that lacks and B it's not accurate. Maybe he left he left Qatar for that very reason. So you wouldn't do this. You would not do this with many other nations and you wouldn't do this with many other religions is my point. Absolutely. I I can't imagine putting any label. I mean, I don't have a choice where I'm born, where my children no. are born, what have you. And to hold people accountable for their place of, of birth, I think, is is vile. I mean, he did later then go on and say that Israel is the single greatest threat and origin of all violence in the Middle East being the state of Israel. You know, he, he fails to recognize the role of Iran or the role of Syria or ISIS or like Al-Qaeda. And making conflations like that, I also think are not only are our anti-Semitic tropes, but are extremely dangerous, again, when it comes to understanding and applying uh, a country's foreign policy on his own constituents. Um, we're chatting with Neil Orlowski right now from the Abraham Global Peace Initiative. I want to let the listeners hear some of uh, Joel Harden. This is an Ottawa uh, MPP from the New Democrats who apologized yesterday. It took some time to do it, but he apologized yesterday for his comments in the video. I would say if you're a left politician, if you're a politician that doesn't believe in the status quo, that wants to change things, it's your obligation to have those courageous conversations that start with listening with where someone's at and then asking questions. You know, and, and I, I have asked many questions of Jewish neighbors here about, you know, how much longer we, we should put up with this. Because if I, if I were to name Peter the single greatest threat um, to the single greatest origin of uh, violence in the Middle East, it is unquestionably the state of Israel and the way in which they feel absolutely no shame in defying international law, doing whatever they want, uh, as you know. So, Neil Orlowski, you hear that. Uh, Hardin said afterwards in his apology, his he believes his role is to humanize the Palestinian people. And that's one thing. And that may be an admirable goal instead of calling Israel names. But that's not what you hear in the video. Right. And the reason I don't hear that is later in the video, he talks about when he's at pro-Palestinian rallies and he hears anti-Semitic tropes or anti-Semitism being shared. He, he intentionally, he takes the moral high ground and he pulls those individuals aside and says, hey, that's not what we're here for. We're not here to call Israel names. It doesn't do anything for our, our cause. And yet you hear this comment and he he places blame. He refers later in the video to Israel being apartheid, occupation, genocidal. These name calling go, go back and forth. And, you know, this isn't the first time that he's come under fire. Just in, in 2019, in 2020, um, he was reprimanded by then NDP leader Andrew Horwath, who had him come out and say that he... Um, that any further um, claims, any any further conversation about the Middle East will be unequivocally consistent with their party's belief in a peaceful and negotiated resolution. Thus, the question is, are these, 
are these questions because he mm. then later in the video also calls out other MPs, other MPPs of the NDP, which then forces viewers, readers, myself to go look at their platform. Do you the, the NDP source I spoke to said if he'd been NDP leader, he would have had to resign over this. Do you yeah. do you buy that? I do, because, you know, Hardin doesn't just represent Ottawa Center. He he represents all of his constituents, Palestinian, uh, Israeli, Jewish, Muslim, everybody. And so you have to question whether or not he's hurt the brand. And last time I was on your show, we talked about Kanye. And I made the comment that yeah. Kanye is bigger than himself, that Kanye represents a brand. Well, Hardin here is bigger than himself. He represents the NDP. And so the question is, is this the best candidate to represent their brand in Ottawa? And if so, one then has to question whether or not this is the direction the NDP is going. I've made this, you and I have had several conversations on and off the air, and, and I make the case, and, and I want to know if the, if the line, you think the line has shifted maybe in the last five, ten years. Can someone be critical of Israel? Can they be critical of Israel's foreign policy and not be deemed by some to be anti-Semitic. I, I can criticize U.S. foreign policy. That wouldn't make me anti-American. I can praise some elements. Like, it, uh, judging a country's foreign policy, the way I look at it, Neil, is always a mixed bag. There's going to be moments where you're like, big mistake, don't like that, crossed, crossed the moral, lost the moral high ground, and there's moments where you're like, that's the right thing. Can I, be, can I criticize Israel in, in that context? Absolutely. And there's no doubt that Israel, I mean, I'm not an apologist for the state of Israel, but to hold Israel to a double standard is when it becomes contentious. It's when you make comments like Israel is the sole single reason for violence. That double standard negating everything else that's going on. When you only focus on one aspect of a foreign policy and apply it to all, that's when it, it goes from criticism into the realm of hate. I can be critical of Canada. That doesn't make mm -hmm. me anti-Canadian the same way that I can call out a policy of Canada, U.S., or Israel. But when you see it solely as just that and fail to recognize that it, you are using a double standard, that's when it becomes anti-Semitic. A listener via text writes this, and I'd love to get your feel for it. I have no idea, he writes, she writes, I should say, how land disputes in the Middle East have so much presence in our political conversation. Nothing Canada does will have any effect on either side of the issue. And there is an element to that. We do talk and we do weigh in morally, ethically, politically, but they don't care what Canada thinks. Am I wrong? No, I don't think that they, they care what anyone else thinks because land here for the Palestinians, land here for the Israelis are connected to identity. They're connected to culture, ethnicity, religion, and, and their history. And so anytime one calls into question whether it's land claims for Israel or, or uh, the Palestinian territories, you're actually questioning one's history, one's sovereignty, one's identity. And so it's a lot more than simple, well, let's mm. talk borders. You're asking people to question themselves. Yeah, that's how I see it. Also, Neil, thanks very much for the time, the extra time and the conversation today. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You got it. Uh, Neil Orlovsky joining us uh, from the Abraham Global Peace Initiative.